Hey, you know, there might be a lake or a river around, Doctor. You fancy a swim? My dear young man, this isn't a joyride. This is a scientific expedition. Oh, <laughs> come off it, Doctor. You can't be scientific all the time. And thank you for joining us on a quick trip through space and time. My name is Caleb. And I'm Mac. And this is a podcast where a Doctor Who veteran and a Doctor Who beginner go through each episode of Doctor Who and give their thoughts on it. And this week we'll be listening to Galaxy 4. Yes, Galaxy 4 was written by William Ems, was directed by Derek Martinus, was produced by Verity Lambert for the very last time, and aired September 11th, 1965 to October 2nd, 1965. There is one piece of trivia that I'm going to go ahead and say now, because I think it'll be something that we can look out for. This episode was originally written for Ian, Barbara, and Vicky. So a lot of Ian and Barbara's lines were converted into Stephen lines. This resulted in what Peter Purvis called a feminization of Stephen because a lot of a woman's lines were then just given to him so I'm curious to see if he was just completely talking out of his ass <laughs> or if he's just like a big macho man he'd be like you're giving me a girl's part <laughs> which is what I imagine it was actually <laughs> yeah probably so yeah Caleb I'm sorry we were just just talking between <sighs> between takes that we have to listen to not one, not two, not three, but four episodes in a row as opposed to watching them. And the thing that I didn't tell Caleb is that one of those four is the Dalek Master Plan, which is 12 episodes long, and I'm so fucking sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> Look, oh I tried. Oh, my God. Caleb, I tried. I honestly tried. Because Galaxy 4 was announced and released to have an animated version out on DVD, and I was so happy that we could that we could watch this as opposed to listen to it. But like, it hasn't come out in America yet. Like, it hasn't come out in Region One. There is no Region One DVD, and I keep trying to Google when Region One version is coming. And not only is there no information of when that's going to be released, there's no one asking when it's going to be released. Like, I am googling my hardest to try and figure out this information, and nobody is even like. Hey, when is this supposed to be released in Region 1? Like, nothing. There's nothing. And I know for a fact I'm not the only Doctor Who fan in America, so what the hell? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, okay. I'm just gonna get all pruny in the bath, I guess. <laughs> Caleb, you've been in there for a while. I'm on episode 9. I'll be out in an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> you've been in there for five and a half hours. We got another hour and a half to go. I gotta listen to my who, Kylie. I gotta listen to my who. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I can do it. I can do it. It'll be fine. Stay strong. Strong heart, Caleb. Strong heart. But, uh, yeah, Caleb, uh, given everything you know about Doctor Who, and given this episode's title, Galaxy 4, what do you think this episode is going to be about? Well, you know, the title gives me a lot to work with. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> I'm going to say... The Doctor and his companions find themselves at a space auction. 
where large Lovecraftian creatures are bidding on various things, including a, the, this box that has Galaxy 4 in it, which looks peculiarly like the Milky Way. That's actually really badass. <laughs> I really like that, actually. <laughs> you should write an episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> Have you seen Men in Black? Basically that. <laughs> in your defense, Caleb, I know what this episode is about. Like, I read the... Like the brief synopsis that's at the top of the Doctor Who wiki. I have absolutely no idea why this episode is called Galaxy 4. Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't make <laughs> sense. Because just based entirely on the synopsis, that doesn't, it doesn't need to have anything to do with a galaxy, let alone four of them. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, well, that makes you feel better because you're like, what is that? I was like, what do you think it's about? I'm like, I have no fucking idea, even remotely. <laughs> yeah. But. I guess with that, we will see you all in the future. Let's get going. And we're back. May have just been a couple seconds for you, but it was ten days for us. Really dragged our feet on this one. Mm-hmm. Well, there may have been reasons. <laughs> it was just too exciting. It was too exciting. We 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 had to we had to let it calm down a little bit before we felt comfortable sharing with all of you our our thoughts and emotions about this pulse pounding adventure. I tell you, my heart was going. Oh yeah, just the whole time, the whole time. Let me tell you. On that note, <clears throat> Caleb, just your general thoughts. What'd you think of Galaxy 4? Uh, this episode was really boring. <laughs> yeah, it was boring as shit. I was actually kind of frustrated. I I almost resent you a little bit because your prediction of what this episode was going to be about was 10 times better than what, actually was gonna, <laughs> what it actually ended up being. <laughs> okay, now refresh my brain. What was my, <laughs> what was my prediction? Uh, the TARDIS lands in an auction house where a whole bunch of aliens are bidding for for a mysterious box that you open that they open it up and it's the Milky Way galaxy. That's the galaxy oh, yeah. four. It's up for bid. That would have been way cooler <laughs> than what we actually yeah. got. That would have been an amazing arc. I'll be I'll be honest with you. I have no idea why the fuck this episode is called Galaxy Four. I think it's and I only know this because I read the uh, the TARDIS wiki. But the... no, 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 I know what Galaxy 4 is in reference to. <laughs> I have no idea why this episode is called Galaxy 4. Oh, yeah. They're not even they're not with... even in Galaxy 4. <laughs> what the fuck? Why is this called Galaxy 4? I can think of a million different names to call, <laughs> call this episode. <laughs> because it wasn't because that'd be too obvious, Mac. You know, the Doctor Who writers, they're on, they're on a whole nother level. We gotta go with the most subtle, vague reference. That's the story title. Caleb, Caleb, say what you want about classic Who. And we have, and will, for the next several years. But their episode titles are not creative. We've got no. The Romans, The Aztecs, The Keys of Marinus, The Daleks, The Dalek Invasion of Earth, to be the most blatant out of all of them. They're always <laughs> just such a clear, like, this is what the story is about. Galaxy 4 is the first one that is completely unrelated to anything that happens in the story. <laughs> and not in, like, okay, creative way. Not in, like, a creative way or anything. Like, New Who has a couple of neat like titles but 
no, this is this is just really, it's really dumb. Anyway, let I guess let's go ahead and jump right in, shall we? Oh yeah, I guess so. Um, hmm, let me pull up my notes, and I had to apologize to the readers, uh, or the listeners. I think the descriptions are gonna be the vast majority of what we have to say because while nothing happens, there's a lot to describe what happened. So these descriptions are almost as long as the episodes themselves. Yeah, we we were discussing this um, just off mic, where it feels like the longer your descriptions are, the less we have to say about it, and vice versa. My suspicion is that the descriptions that are short is because <clears throat> you feel like they speak for themselves, whereas the uh, the long descriptions are more like you're trying to compensate by the fact that there's absolutely nothing that you need to add more. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, I'm just going to get into it. Yeah. Uh, Galaxy 4, Episode 1, 400 Dawns. The travelers arrive on a strange new planet. It appears capable of sustaining life, and yet is eerily quiet. A few minutes later, they encounter a strange robot that Vicky calls a Chumbly that stumbles blindly around the ship. After exploring for a while and musing on the machine, the travelers determine that the Chumbly wants them to follow it. After Steven attacks it, the Chumbly burns a plant and the travelers comply. The travelers are rescued by a group of female-only aliens named the Dravins. They tell the travelers that the robots are controlled by aliens called the Rills. The Dravins take the travelers back to their ship to meet their leader, with three other Chumblies in pursuit. At the ship, the travelers meet the Dravin leader, Maga. Was it Maga or Maga? I can't remember. She explains that Dravins and Rills shot one another's ships out of orbit over the planet, and now both are stranded. The planet is set to explode in 14 days, and they plan to capture the Rill ship and escape. Stephen doesn't trust the Dravins, especially once he learns the Rills have offered help and the Dravins refused. The Chumblies arrive only for the Dravins to attack first. The doctor suggests he will investigate the state of the planet and see if the Rills are lying about, lying about it. Vicky volunteers to stay behind as insurance. Stephen and the doctor return to the TARDIS to find a Chumbly attacking it. After it fails and leaves, the doctor and Stephen enter. The doctor learns that the planet doesn't have two weeks, but only two days. The planet will blow up tomorrow. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta get the, we gotta address the elephant in the room. Okay. Chumbly is the dumbest fucking name for a robot I've ever heard in my life. I was listening to this story and like Brittany was walking through and she's like, fucking Chumbly? <laughs> really? <laughs> I, oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, why? it's, I have, I don't know why. Because uh, Vicky talks about how cute the little robots are and she says they have a bit, little Chumbly kind of movement. And I'm like, is that some sort of like 24th century slang or some shit? Because what the fuck is a chumbly kind of movement? <laughs> uh, I didn't. I, I had no idea how to visualize these things. So I was listening to the the story. I just imagined those like little Daleks. They kind of are. Did you ever did you ever find any pictures of them? Yeah, I googled a picture. It just looks like a fat Dalek. Yeah, it. What it looks like is like that toy for like babies that's like the different donut sizes on the, oh, little, yeah. on the little pole that like you put the biggest one on the bottom and then then until the, the smallest one on top that's what it looks like to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i could definitely see that it looks like an ice cream cone a little bit too yeah there's se several of my notes are like so we're sticking with chumbly huh 
over, really committing to that. Then I'm even gonna rename it later. And then at one point, one of my notes is a um, is a Mean Girls reference. It's like, stop trying to make Chumblies a thing. It's never going to be a thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, there's the meme for the Twitter account for this episode. Man, I... Uh, I I'm already out of notes to be honest. I don't I don't have a whole lot. There is one note that I do I do have though the fact that the the villain is called Maga and it's I was like I said oh no the villain is called Maga I can see the jokes now and I was like all of Maga's followers look the same with blonde hair and blue eyes there's the first one. <laughs> <Bada be. laughs> All right that's a wrap people that's a wrap all right that's the <laughs> End of the podcast. Oh, we got the MAGA joke. <laughs> See, I knew going in, like, the Draven were going to be, were all, like, hot women. I figured that they were going to try and do, like, a... The Draven are technically genderless. They just look like Earth women, as sci-fi just loves to do. It's mm-hmm. any Anytime there's a genderless race, conveniently they all look like hot uh, Earth women. In sci-fi, I've noticed... <laughs> <laughs> in my extensive and incredibly private research of the genre <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know just once just once i'd really like to uh have an episode um that you know th- one of the audio episodes that we have to listen to that doesn't fucking kill my ears when i listen to it whoa 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 mac you're getting ahead of yourself that's episode two <laughs> no 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 it was episode well, at least it started in episode one because the chumbly noises, they were just oh, the they had like noises. the. I was like, shut up! The chumblies were asking important questions like, what if Dalek, but cute? Cute, but still really annoying. <laughs> still really fucking annoying. At least the Daleks have an imitatable funny voice. We don't have that with chumblies. <laughs> yeah. Going to the Drobins. I get, I get the concept that like aliens aren't supposed to speak like people or like humans, but do their like tones and inflections have to be so annoying? I don't know. I guess like the director is just like, okay, you're not human. Now talk. Because it, it felt very much like the Monoptra, where it was just very stilted, and it wasn't quite the like up and down of the Monoptra, but yeah, it was. It wasn't as bad as the Monoptra. It wasn't as bad as the Monoptra, but I was just listening. I was like, oh my god, I feel like this line would be over now if it was just being spoken like a person, <laughs> right? But just a just a reminder, this episode was was originally written to be an Ian, Barbara, and Vicky episode, and I couldn't really tell because if you were to ask me, it would be an Ian, Barbara, and Susan episode. Mm-hmm. Vicky acts very Susan-esque in this story. I have that note, particularly at the end of episode two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I don't don't particularly care for it, but we'll go into more detail about that. Uh, speaking of episode two, I yeah, I was kind of desperate to write notes, so like any notes I do have is just not <laughs> relevant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess the only thing I have to say is I don't know if this is true. I don't know how progressive Britain was, but I really like. I like in my own headcanon of 1960s Britain, seeing a race of, like, women as the villains, and they're, like, at least, like, kind of violent and kind of masculine, just setting off a bunch of (laughs) sexist men's brains. Probably. They're like, women have agency? (laughs) The reason I was surprised, I was like, I figured these these were going to be, like, genderless or or, uh, monogendered. 
race, but they do mention that they do have men. It's just that they're very few and have very little use in their society. And typically in sci-fi during this time, when there's like a primarily like female race or female society, they tend to like lean into like the straw feminism kind of thing and they become like man-hating they didn't lean into that, and I was legitimately surprised that they didn't, because I kind of figured they would. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, the drop-ins aren't overly interesting, but... No, they're not. I'll, I have more notes about that later. <laughs> but I feel like for the time, it was probably a moderately progressive thing for female acting, at least. Possibly. I don't know. I don't know that much about the history of cinema. I just... I imagine the 1960s. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. Hmm. I'm two beers in at this point. <laughs> But uh, episode two? Ah, yes. Episode two. Trap of Steel. Steven and the Doctor race from the TARDIS to return to Vicky and the Drobbins. Steven wonders why the Rills haven't destroyed the Drobbins, since their rays can definitely penetrate the hull of their ship. At the alien ship, the Doctor tries to convince the Drobbins to work with the Rills instead of fight them. Maga pulls a gun on them, and the Doctor tells them the planet only has two days until it blows up. The Doctor offers to negotiate with the Rills for peace. Maga agrees, but wants to hold on to Vicky. Steven volunteers in her place. The Draven try to convince Steven to pilot the TARDIS with the Draven, but he refuses, saying he couldn't even if he wanted to. Vicky and the Doctor follow a chumbly back to the riddle ship. As they explore, they detect the smell of ammonia. Vicky sees an alien in a window and screams. Vicky sees an alien in the window and screams, as the wiki is quick to tell us. What's not quick to tell us is the actual audio recording of the episode, <laughs> because the episode two, at least in the audio recording thing that we have, it, it just ends with Vicky screaming with absolutely no description of what's happening. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. What's going on? What? 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 what I miss? What's happening? <laughs> and then it just Reddit credits roll. I was like, I mean... I guess that's something of a cliffhanger. I am curious to know what the fuck she's screaming about. <laughs> yeah, it was very it was a very Susan moment. Yeah. And that's really my note for this whole episode. <laughs> I, I have a couple. I appreciate that when the Doctor and Steven like return to the Draven ship, they they like to take a couple of moments before actually entering just shit talking the ship. Just talking about how shoddy the workmanship is. Like, oh, this, what is this metal? Aluminum? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm assuming this is a rust-colored ship because that's just everywhere. Fucking hell. And then I make this subnote of as if the doctor is one to talk. <laughs> it's also a really funny line uh, that's said here where um, uh, Maga is trying to convince uh, the doctor to kill the Rills. And he says, I never kill anyone, madam, and neither do my friends. And then I wrote, well, you know, except for the Daleks. And the Vord. And the brains of Morbius. And Ixta. And the Daleks again. And Vicky's pet. And most of Rome. And the Animus. <laughs> and Governor Lobos. And his men. And the Daleks a third time. Okay, so maybe I have killed a couple of people. <laughs> <laughs> but that was their fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the doctors committed genocide at least once and committed mass murder also at least once <laughs> and the best part uh, again going back to the romans the best and worst part being like 
Well, he's probably going to do it anyway, so I mean, why not? <laughs> There's no proof that says this wouldn't happen without me, so I can sleep at night. <laughs> I like how they're like, we still need a captive aboard the Draven ship, and then <laughs> Vicky and Steven basically just like, a, like, high five, and like, all right, tag out. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess this is, uh, not really, is, is this why... Um... Steven's actor thought he was feminized because he was held hostage. I don't know. I didn't really see any like, oh yeah, that's overtly feminine for the time. Like, I didn't really see any sort of like feminization of Steven because like, if anything, Steven was kind of like flirty with the Dravins. Which I mean, oh, come, come on, could you blame him? <laughs> 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 nyuck, 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 nyuck. That was... That wasn't in the script. That was just him talking, <laughs> and they were like, "Keep rolling." I did. I there was a there was a nice uh, Doctor Vicky moment where um, they found a Chumbly. They needed to figure out a way to get around the the Chumbly, but they didn't really know how to uh, how to how to deal with it. And the Doctor says that uh, that uh, you need to think think like a scientist. You need to observe and collate and and conclude and and then act. And then Ricky, uh, Ricky, and then Vicky, <laughs> Ricky, and then Vicky like picks up a rock and throws it at the, at the chumbly, and uh, he's like, "What the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing?" And uh, she was like, "There was no risk. I noted. I observed. I collated. I concluded. And then I threw a rock at it." <laughs> Based Vicky. Grant, I feel like this moment contradicts the moment in the last episode, though, right? Because, like, the whole thing she discovers is, like, oh, it can only see what's in front of it. Except didn't yeah. it, like, blindly run into the TARDIS in the first episode? Yeah, it, it ran into the TARDIS in the first episode and was, like, bumping into it to, like, figure out what the fuck its deal was. I think she threw a rock specifically behind it because she wanted to uh. see that she could, they can only see in front of them can they hear behind them as well? So she threw a rock and so that it would land behind the Chumbly, but the Chumbly didn't react. Oh, I see. I thought she just threw a rock at it. <laughs> see, so did I at first. And then, I'll be honest with you, this morning I was thinking about, okay, so later today we're going to be able to um, to record the podcast and then we'll talk about Galaxy 4. Fuck, what the hell happened in Galaxy 4? So I like, <laughs> <laughs> reread the wiki. I'm like, oh, right, that's what happened in Galaxy 4. And then, like, in the wiki, it says she threw a rock behind it. I was like, oh, okay. That was not clear in the audio. That was not clear in the audiobook version at all. <laughs> Nothing is overly clear. I feel like in this episode, you really start to feel William Hartnell's age. I feel like in this episode, more than any other, I noticed a lot of his line fumblings. He sounds very tired. Yeah. And, like, more so than usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then my last note is about the, the scream with absolutely no indication whatsoever what she's screaming at. Uh, yeah, sounds very loud. And again, I was thankful that I was not wearing headphones. Right. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. All right, moving on, I guess. Episode 3, Airlock. Vicky and the Doctor try to escape, but they are separated by a gate. Vicky is forced to go with the Chumblies pursuing them. The Doctor says he will wreck their gas converter while Vicky stalls for time. Steven overhears Magus plans to betray the Rills and use their ship to get off-world. She leaves a guard behind to watch Steven while she and the others head out. While being interrogated by the Chumblies, Vicky learns that the Draven have been lying to them. The Dravins were the hostile force, and Maga killed an injured Draven to blame it on the Rills. Vicky also learns the Rills cannot tolerate the planet's atmosphere, and she rushes to stop the Doctor from sabotaging their machine. At the Draven ship, Steven tries to sneak out, 
Outside the ship, he sees a chumbly and decides to go back. Maga is there and traps him in the airlock. She gives him the option to give up his gun and return to the ship, face the chumbly, or suffocate in the airlock. The rails don't have enough fuel to escape, so the doctor offers them a jump from the TARDIS. A chumbly warns them that Steven is in danger. Back at the airlock, he decides to try and face the chumbly, but he struggles to open the door, and the air is getting thinner. Yeah, this, this is the episode where I make the note that uh, Vicky is very Susan, uh, because she's been captured twice. There was a scream at the end of the last episode. She seems very scared of a lot of things. And then also, she's the one who first makes like the mental connection with the Rills, which felt very reminiscent of when Susan made the mental connection with the Sensorites. Mm-hmm. This episode feels like it was written for Susan. No, I agree. I 100% agree, because I thought that too. And it just seems, also just seems like older Doctor Who episodes. Yeah. The Chumblies ask the question, what if Dalek, but cute. But then the Dravins ask the question, what if Dalek, but hot? because there are a lot of there because there are a lot of moments where like maga is giving out the orders and then dravins are just like i obey and then go to do her go to do whatever it is they were ordered to do and then just have their guns constantly at the ready so it feels like these are just daleks but in supermodel form (laughs) (laughs) maga cracks her leather whip (laughs) in her high-heeled stiletto boots And then there was a moment, there was a moment that I was really hoping was going to go in like a completely different direction where Vicky refers to the Chumblies as Chumblies in front of a Rill. And the, <laughs> the Rill, I was really hoping was like, what? No, that that's a stupid name. Why would you? That's not what they're called at all. Um, but a, no, a they're just like. Chumbly? Yeah. Instead, they were just like, oh, is that what you call the robots? Oh, Okay. And I guess for convenience sake, we'll start calling it that too. I was like, no, please, please, (laughs) Mr. Rill, give us a better name. (laughs) The Rill are super chill. I really dig the Rills, if I'm going to be honest. I describe them in my notes as logically peaceful because it's like they'll work with the doctor because he's the only one who can help them. So why, why would they not work with him? They also want to save the Dravins because they have no reason to kill the Dravins. Why would we waste energy and ammo on killing people we have no reason to kill? Well, that's that sounds dumb to me. <laughs> that's a dumb thing you just said. And but like they have the means of fighting back because th- clearly they do because they both shot down each other's ships and the Chumblies are equipped with weapons. But like they're not assholes about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speak softly and carry a big stick is basically the the real philosophy. <laughs> but yeah, but they're just super chill. They're like, yeah, man, like we're just trying to help out the Dravins. You know, yeah, they shot down our ship, but like it's all just a big misunderstanding, man. <laughs> Peace and love on the planet, uh, wherever the fuck we are, man. <laughs> wherever the fuck we are, man. But don't fuck with Steven. The moment you fuck with Steven, chemical warfare. <laughs> the Geneva Convention, gone. <laughs> One of the trivias is that this is the earliest non-historical episode to be missing episodes. And uh, there is no footage of the reel. There's like one picture of what the reel is supposed to look like. But other than that, there is no like surviving images of the reel. And it's like a behind the scenes, like let's take a picture of the costume kind of thing. Because the reel is always talking like behind a, a foggy glass window. So it's never clear what the reel... So like even today... <laughs> It's just look. It's just mis- 
it's mystery of what's behind the glass. Ooh. Which, hey, good mystery. And it lives on. It's probably the only thing that should live on from this episode. <laughs> probably. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got for this one. Uh, yeah, that is also all I have. Oh, okay. oh, oh God. It's the crusade all over again, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, I do have this to say. Uh, at the end, when Maga is like, haha, you can come back inside, or you can suffocate an airlock, or you can face the Chumbly. Frankly, if it were me, I'd be like, uh, I'll fight the Chumbly. I can take the floating ice cream cone. Yeah, and, and then he goes to do that, and she's like, oh, uh, I just locked the door um you can't you can't go to the chumbly uh so now pick between uh suffocating or us <laughs> it's like well that wasn't one of the options originally and then steven's in there like <gasps> yes mistress <laughs> <laughs> he like chooses to suffocate and i feel like the dravins should really just have like a uh a moment of clarity there it's like oh wow are we really that bad oh i didn't i didn't real. uh wow we need to we need to reevaluate some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to drop it in the background being like, are we the bad guys? Are we the baddies? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's it. That's my note. So yep. I guess I'll read the, the final episode in this thrilling the thrilling <laughs> conclusion. Hooray! Hurrah! The exploding planet. The Chumbly fires an ammonia bomb at the Draven ship and frees Steven from the airlock. The Rills contain the Draven within the ship and explain everything to Steven. Back at the real ship, the Doctor helps the Rill jump it. But Steven is still skeptical of their good intentions. The Draven attack as the ship charges and the travelers retreat to a section further within the ship. There they encounter the Rills in their true form. However, they aren't horrified like the Rills thought they would be. The Rills send a Chumbly to escort the travelers back to the TARDIS. The Draven, desperate to escape as the Rills leave, try to attack the ship, but the TARDIS disappears before they can, and Maga watches as they dematerialize as the planet begins to rumble. The travelers find a new planet, and it cuts to an astronaut named Garvey, who remembers only that he must kill. I was very disappointed with this this specific episode in particular, because very often what happens in a lot of these stories is that it'll be really slow and then, like, all of the plot will happen in episode four or in the last episode. And that didn't happen here. It continued to be slow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was kind of, kind of disappointed with that. I'm sure some of our listeners are maybe a little bit tired of us talking about like, oh man, nothing happens here. Ah, oh, it feels like nothing's happening. Sometimes it's a bit of an exaggeration. In this episode, it's not. Because there are long, multi-minute stretches where, like, the narrator is not describing what's happening, and no one is talking, and it's literally just dead air for a couple of minutes, and literally nothing <laughs> is happening. I'm sure something would be happening if we could see it, but we can't see it. <laughs> And yeah. I feel like they forgot that this is an audio medium here. <laughs> or they just didn't care. They're like, who's going to listen to this? Like, 30 people? Who the fuck cares about Galaxy 4? Jeez. Did you tell me that these episodes were, like, lost in a fire or something like that? Or were they purposefully destroyed? I think there were there were some episodes that I think were lost in a fire. But there were other episodes that were just, like, they needed to make space for the like the new episodes and they're like 
the home recordings aren't a thing. Why would we why would we hold on to these? And then they toss it. So uh, anytime some like specific episodes are recovered, often it's because when they uh, distributed it internationally, uh, some places held on to them. And so they found them that way. <clears throat> there have been a couple where it's just like some people were like doing home recordings of episodes. And a lot of times when you were when we're listening to these audio ones, if it feels like the audio is worse than it should be, that's because it's literally someone recording like a TV, like recording the TV as the, hmm. as an episode of Doctor Who is on. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So it's just a lot of a lot of the early, early stuff is is gone for a variety of reasons. And some of it has come back for other variety of reasons. <clears throat> Galaxy 4 was i feel like i've brought this up on podcast but i'm gonna bring it up again it was recently animated and released on dvd and blu-ray um but it did not come out in america yet like there is not a region one dvd out yet and uh i have not seen any sort of announcement that there will be um but i did see some of the animated bits is it as bad as the first animated bits i feel like maybe we've dodged a bullet (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I want to find it, because <laughs> at least I could have laughed at the animation. They had trailers for it. I'll, I'll, I'll send you one of the trailers. So this this story had a kind of obvious theme, but it's a theme that I liked. You know, the the beautiful Dravins are actually cold hearted killers and care little about fellow life, whereas the Rills are uh, hideously ugly but are uh, peaceful and kind to strangers. That was nice. I, I like I like the theme. And then in this episode, they spend a good couple of minutes just, like, saying that out loud in a variety of different ways over and over again. And I was like, we get it. We get it. It's what's inside that counts. We under we understand the moral. Yes. We can, we can we move? Can we? We're still talking about it. Okay. Yeah. Can we move on, please? For the love of God. Yeah. It felt very Saturday morning cartoonish. It really did. And there, there was a part of me that was like the the planet was uh, busting up, and the Dravins were left behind. Were left behind because the TARDIS was just like peace. And uh, there were part of me that was like feeling bad for the Dravins. Uh, and then I remember that they were given every single chance to work with them, and they didn't, and that they're all assholes. And then suddenly, like, no, oh, oh, never mind, die in a fire. The real more of the story is maybe you should let assholes blow up. <laughs> That's the real lesson to take away from this. <laughs> Maybe if you're a dickhead, you should just be left behind on a dying planet. <laughs> not a bad moral. And you know what? I'm not. I'm not against that. This isn't really a no. It's just like it's. It's one of the few things that stood out to me in any of these episodes. The narrator is like, uh, I think it's a Draven attacking a Chumbly, and it's like, and she swings down with lethal force, and then you hear the Chumbly basically go. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but that made me laugh a lot. <laughs> I was kind of worried because between this and the crusade, I'm like, oh no, are we just are we just having difficulty focusing on audio only episodes? I can't tell if it's like these two stories in particular or if it's just like this audio medium that's the problem. I'm kind of worried going forward because there are quite a few audio episodes that we're going to have to listen to. Yeah, and a really long one coming up. Yeah, especially the really long one coming up. Uh, when that one comes up, we're just going to have to like, okay, 
we gotta barrel through this because we have 12 episodes to get through let's go and just like spend like five minutes <laughs> on each one <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have to soak in the tub for at least four and a half hours <laughs> as i listen to it at time and a half speed you will come out and you will just you will be a prune you will not be pruny you will just be a prune <laughs> a prune <laughs> I guess we're getting into the final thoughts now. Yeah, it's just boring. And I really, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was the episode itself or if it was the medium. Uh, but, like, I'm really struggling on these audio episodes. Let me tell you. Me too. It feels like, what are the only audio ones that we have? We've had Marco Polo and... The Crusade, I think, is the only other. Because we had... We had most of the episodes for Reign of Terror because uh, one of them was animated. And the other three were fine right yeah five i feel like we're forgetting one no i guess not yeah just marco polo and the rain of terror it feels like it feels like we had plenty to say about marco polo but well marco polo was like six episodes long that's true and uh no because like we had quite a few notes on that like the really crazy secular plot and the the shitty ass villain the hilariously bad villain and Mm -hmm. all the racism we had so much to talk about (laughs) But it's also just hard to like talk about everything on an individual basis because I feel I feel like it blends together more. So it does, it does. Um, what do you think about the ending, like the ending ending? Oh, with Garvey being all like, "I must kill." Yeah, yeah. Well, you know me, I'm always a fan of violence. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Okay, hmm, we'll see." The narrator said it like it was like it's this guy. Uh, this guy wakes up. I was like, "Was that someone we met before?" Nope. Is someone completely unrelated to the plot? I'm gonna be really mad if he doesn't show up, or if he's only in like the next story for like the first couple of minutes and then fucks off. So here's here's a little thing because I told I told this tiny tiny little fib when I said that this was Verity Lambert's last episode. It's technically not Verity Lambert's last episode because the next episode is called Mission to the Unknown. Mission to the Unknown is one episode. It's just one singular singular episode. There is no surviving footage or any surviving audio. And it does not star anybody in the main cast. It is nothing but completely unrelated characters. And then it goes into the the next story, which is the Mythmakers. What? Yeah. So I told a little bit of a fib. What? Because the literally, Caleb, the only way that you can experience mission to the unknown is a couple of college students in like 2014 15 made a like a student film that was a recreation of that episode that is literally the only way you can experience mission to the unknown what the fuck <laughs> but why why is there a random episode that has nothing to do with anything in the show that does it come back later sort of it's more like a prologue for the Dalek Master Plan. Which is the really long one, right? The really long audio drama? Which is the really long one, yeah. So it's kind of like a prologue that sets up a couple of things for the Dalek Master Plan. So when we get to that episode, which will be coming up, I might take over like the the summary bit at the very beginning. Be like, okay, so here's what happened in Missions of the Unknown. Here's a real short Sparknotes version of it. We will now be going into the regular episode. Huh. Yeah, I mean, like, I can send you this student film. They did what they did what they could to like recreate what Doctor Who looked like in the '60s with like the 
the uh, retro future aesthetic and everything. If you if you want to watch it, you can. <laughs> I am strangely more curious about that than anything we're going to be doing for the next like two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's let's do some uh, trivia before we go into final thoughts. Final thoughts. So it wasn't just Peter Purvis who had a problem with the script. Apparently, all of the actors had problems with the script. Peter already made his his issues clear. William Hartnell had issues with the fact that the Doctor was just part of an ensemble now, and it didn't feel like the show was about him anymore. <laughs> and it feels like he was having a less prominent role in the show, and that was his main issue with this story, was that the Doctor wasn't featured enough. <laughs> Now, it says that all of them had issues with it, but it doesn't say specifically what Maureen O'Brien's issue was. But if I had to guess, it was the Susanification of, of Vicky. Yes. most It was most definitely that. Yeah. The director, Derek Martinus, had never seen an episode of Doctor Who before. <laughs> before he accepted directing this. Um, so he accepted that he accepted the directing position for Galaxy 4. Um, and then he was shown a couple of previous episodes, and he did not care for it. <laughs> he did not care for oh, it. Um, uh... He was he was not he was not a fan of the show from what he was shown. So he tried to quote aim for higher standards. It's difficult to tell whether he actually pulled that off or not, considering we couldn't really see it. But he does come back as the director a couple of times, and the episodes that he does direct. I remember being pretty good, so maybe he he arguably does get those higher standards, but I suppose we'll see in time. I suppose we will. It's hard to judge now. Yeah. But yeah, final thoughts. Final thoughts are, it's hard to say, really. I mean, in my experience, it was boring. Uh, I kind of had to make myself listen to it. Mm-hmm. But I really genuinely do not know how much of that is the fact that it's just an audio book of a TV show. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, kind of same. I liked it more than I liked the Crusade. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just boring. Honestly, I think just well. One of my one of my issues with like Reign of Terror was that it felt like musical chairs, and this kind of felt similar, but like on a smaller scale. What this felt like was them just going back and forth, back and forth between the different ships, without anything mm-hmm. actually happening. It was like mm-hmm. Tardis to the Draven ship, leave Vicky there, the Draven ship to the TARDIS, TARDIS to the Draven ship, take back Vicky, leave Steven, Draven ship to the Drell ship, Drell ship to the Draven ship, Draven ship to, to the TARDIS. Like, it really just felt like they were just going back and forth, and that's all that happened. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. I honestly think that maybe it was just this episode. I, th- I think we might be fine going forward. But yeah, it was so boring. I think, you know what really, really would have improved it? Is if they leaned into the planet exploding mm-hmm. like uh okay we'll just go back here oh shit we can't go back here there's a giant crevasse where the where there was a path before and leading straight down into lava we need to find another way around and like just like the they needed to have not like namek while goku and freezer are fighting levels of planet destruction but like just something to add a little bit more urgency to it because it felt mm-hmm. like, oh, the, the planet's going to blow up in two days. Oh, the planet's going to blow up in two days. The planet's going to blow up in a day. The planet's going to blow up. Oh, planet blew up. Yep. That's, that's how it felt. <laughs> but now I can't get the image out of my mind of, like, 
Goku in here with his big golden hair and the fucking doctor cloak just fluttering behind him. <laughs> no, no, no. Goku and Frieza fighting above in the in the air while the planet is blowing up, and then like if you squint really hard down on the down on the land of Namek, you can see three figures just hurriedly running back <laughs> across the, across the islands. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so when when I finish about halfway through a story, I like to go into my ranking list and like put a little um space where i think that episode will land just based on what i've seen so far and then as the story continues i adjust it i put the space higher or lower as the story went on the space just went lower and lower and lower (laughs) and then as i after i finished it and i had a couple days to think about it it went a little bit lower still and it managed to crack my bottom five (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> dang uh, and just in case you're curious my bottom five currently is uh galaxy four edge of destruction reign of terror crusade web planet oh man not great company not great company no all right well that's it for this episode if you'd like to talk to us about the show you can find us on twitter at quick trip dw if you'd like to talk to us just in general you can find us at mech the meh and at clb underscore clark You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the major networks. And join us next time on our quick trip through space and time in which we see the results of some behind-the-scenes politicking in The Mythmakers.